0: Abba Father, thank you for what you're doing right now. Thank you for the uh, incredible people that you brought together to seek you, to know you, to love you, learn to love each other. Ask for a lot of wisdom right now. The, the, The scriptures this morning are so rich. They're so intense. They're full of life. And with that comes typically the chance for misunderstanding. And so I ask that you would help us. Holy Spirit, you are here. Do your deep work and you go in places in the soul where no one else can go and and you can speak when there is no adequate language. Would you please do that now? Thank you that you're drawing us in. Love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so last Sunday, we were digging in on this idea that God uses suffering as a way to create within us holiness, okay? God uses suffering as a way to create within us holiness. Let me tease out an idea. What do you think? Just pick America and not anybody else in the world. What would it be like if every American had exactly what they wanted when they wanted it and as much as they wanted it. Every American had their way on everything. What would happen to this country? What do you think?
1: It, it would atrophy and die.
0: Yeah. Hedonism would kick in. You know what hedonism is? It's the pleasure principle. If it feels good, do it. Hedonism would kick in and it would literally destroy our culture. If everybody gets everything they want, when they want it, as much as they want, with virtually no accountability, it will destroy society. Guess what? That'll destroy marriage. That'll destroy parent-child relationships. It'll destroy families. It'll destroy churches. It'll destroy a city and a nation. It's impossible for us to do life well when all we get is what we want. There's no way that, that we can function that way. Okay. And so a concept kicks in called suffering, where we are getting things we don't want, and it hurts profoundly. And I know that we, we suffer in varying degrees, and some of us think, you know, we have a full-on psychiatric meltdown because we caught every stoplight going to work. And that's just not fair. you know. But there are some of us who battle disease, illness, battle cancer, uh, social injustice and it's like we can't crawl out of that hole and it's unrelenting I understand I understand and what, whatever it is that really hits a deep nerve inside of you it's good to know that a loving father is there using suffering as a means of creating the image of his son inside of you in the same way regarding discipleship in my life me personally do you know who the number one person is that God uses to disciple me you know who it is it's Lisa she's the biggest tool in God's toolbox okay? the second biggest tool in God's toolbox is my children and right along up there is suffering when I don't get what I want when I don't get what I pray for what I long for And those things are tools that God uses to create within me the image of His Son. And I am on that path. And for me, there's no other alternative, by the way. So let me read this paragraph here and walk through. This is life-changing stuff, people. Um, I don't know how many of you had any decent time in this book this week. I beg you, start a life-changing journey of getting into Scripture. This is what the Scripture says. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, let me translate that, since children are human beings, he himself also partook of the same, become a human, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives, who assuredly, he does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendant of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers and sisters in all things, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God. To make full payment, to make propitiation, full payment, for the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted and that which he suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Okay? This is some really, really deep stuff. And I'm so glad the babies are here. And if one of them, uh, (laughs) look at Phoebe. Oh my goodness, don't you wish you had that hair? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and if one of them cries, now this is good, Matt, this is good. The, the actual, the verb that describes uh, a cry that leads to a response is actually in the text. Actually in the text. So children, please let a good scream and it'll help everybody learn here, okay? For reals, for reals. So, all right, let's walk through this. Uh, since the children share in flesh and blood, I've already mentioned it to you, that this is, uh, this is humanity. This is what it means to uh, be cut and you bleed. This is what it means when you feel the sting of rejection and when you turn to somebody. You know, Have you ever had those tender moments with your spouse like you are a Hallmark commercial incarnate and you go, honey, I just want to tell you how much I love you and that God brought you into my life and, and your love for me has changed my life and I love you and I just want to say thank you. And they go, do what? Can you get me some coffee? And you want to go, did, did you not hear what I just said? I kind of got that thing out there. And okay, I'll get you some coffee. Love you too, baby. You know, those moments when there's disconnect, being human, you know. Mom, have your feet ever. Ache so hard because you've been on them for 14 hours nonstop, and then some kid wants something else, and you're tired and your bones, and you and you cook something else for them, and, and and you're doing your best, and they scarf it up, and they leave a mess, and they just run off. And not even the thought of saying, Mom, thank you. My clothes are washed, my belly's full. You kiss my boo-boos, you tuck me, thank you, mom, thank you. And not even a peep of gratefulness. And you somehow go, hmm, I'm human. Okay. Now the word share, children share in this humanness, it's, it's from the word that sounds a lot like koinonia, fellowship, okay? It's a version of that. And the, the word means that you're, you're sharing in it because it's your true nature. Okay. But watch this. Let me, let me click this for you. When it comes to Jesus, this is not the word fellowship. It shifts. That's hecho in Greek. And it literally means to make a choice to be a part of. It's like Jesus is a walk-on. He made a decision to be a part of this. You don't get to make that decision. You are human. You are born into flesh and blood. And with that comes suffering. Jesus Christ made a decision. He made a choice to do the same. So, real quick, would you please hear this? You are the reason why he made that choice. He thinks he made a good choice because of who you are. And then, watch this. He did this that through death, he might render powerless him who had the power over death. That is the devil. That is fascinating. So, question. Just how powerful is Satan? What do you think? Is, is it something like this where you've got Satan in this corner at 200 pounds with a 60-inch reach in this corner? God, Yahweh. 201 pounds with a 60-inch and a quarter reach. Fight on, you know, and... Somehow God gets that little extra poundage, a little extra reach, and somehow gives the knockout blow. Is that what it is? Like we have like two co-equal foes in battle here? What's going on? I mean, he's really clear. By the way, the word render powerless is the word for destruction. It means annihilation, destruction, to shut down, to make null and void, to make of naught. So Jesus Christ, his death, his resurrection, literally rendered Satan with no power. (laughs) Absolutely powerless. That's life changing. Absolutely. And might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. Are you afraid of death? Are you afraid? Um, Anybody following Molly Tibbetts? Did you hear any interviews from, from uh, this guy's, uh, the, the, the culprit, his defense attorney? Do you hear his language? He is saying, look, this guy's innocent. He is innocent and it is my job to prove that, all right? This is a de- this defense attorney. And I'm telling you what, if you could rewind the clock and go back to Rome. They would think the opposite. They would already have that guy that is that is uh, evidently, from what the immigrant office has reported, an illegal alien in the U.S. been here for years. They would have him in a public place, in the marketplace, and they would begin. This is just step one in the process. Beat the truth out of him. I mean, beat him bloody. That's how Rome dealt with things. Okay. And it didn't matter if you were guilty or not. That's just how they started the proceedings. That's what happened to Paul, by the way. Beatings first, and then questions. Okay. We're in the U.S. We flip it. You know, you're innocent until found guilty. In Rome, you're presumed guilty until the beatings prove you innocent. Literally, that's the Roman judicial system. Okay. So hang on to this. What if you were a part of a Christian church, where the pressure to defect to stop coming to church and to go back to Judaism because it's a safer religion was so great. You couldn't stand it when they took your your parents' property away or your property or there's more arrests and there's more beings and you think this is crazy. And, And Rome holds over your head the threat of death. This is the church people. This isn't somebody battling stage four cancer which is horrible, horrible to battle stage four cancer. That's not what's going on here. The threat of death of Rome that can execute you on a whim and you can't do a thing about it. That's the threat. Makes sense? And so, Jesus Christ, because of resurrection power and resurrection authority, renders the threat of death absurd for a Christian. It's now absurd. He doesn't run to the aid of angels. Angels don't fall down in heaven on the gold streets and go, ow, someone help me, I got a boo-boo. Oh, quick, send Jesus, send a ambulance. An angel got a boo-boo, send a ambulance. Jesus doesn't do that. He comes to the aid of Christians, his brothers and his sisters, to those who are the descendants of Abraham. Now watch this. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers and sisters in all things that he might become merciful a merciful high priest. What is your concept of Jesus? Is he merciful? Is he faithful? Is he there for you when you're hurt? What's going on? What would you say? Do you think he understands about the things that pertain to God? And he knows how to connect you in an absolutely life-changing and intimate relationship with God? Of course he does. And he made... Propitiation, big fancy word that we rarely ever use in our culture, and it means to make payment for. It means uh, it means to conciliate. It means to conciliate, to take two people at odds and make them. <coughs> I uh, got a text about three oh seven this morning, and had an emergency session with somebody, and uh, just a horrible. Horrible mess that broke loose. Okay. And at that point, I'm trying to cause propitiation. I'm trying to take two people that are at odds with each other and I'm trying to make them one again. Okay. Jesus Christ makes propitiation for us so that the sins that separate us from God are removed so we can be restored. Okay. For since he himself was tempted. And, and that which you suffered, there you go, suffering is a, is a thing that God uses to test us. He is able to come to the aid. Ba'athel in Greek. It's beautiful. It's like when a baby cries. Ba'athel. And I'm telling you, if there's a baby that cries or a child that cries from deep core pain, what does mom do? <laughs> I mean, every... Nerve in her body, every neuron in her brain kicks in and she drops what she 's doing, and she runs to the to the aid of this crying child. Does this make sense? it's beautiful, beautiful language. He is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. there's a term here, uh, the idea of uh, coming to the aid, uh, he is able, these things. Uh, the language here, uh, you can't detect it in English, it's in the Greek text, is actually legal language. And that when you receive, when you make the cry, and your Father in heaven comes running, quick, he's quick to respond. He's not like the judge that has to be harassed, harassed until finally. He decides to give the the poor abused woman justice. He's not like the friend who won't get out of bed. He's not like those people. He's quick to respond to us. That when he does, when the aid comes, and this is the legal language, the charges are dropped. That's actually the language, okay? And we miss it because we're not Greek thinking, Greek hearing people. It means the charges are dropped. So in, in AD 64, Nero wanted to take a section of the city and build this phenomenal estate area for, for himself. He, he wanted to scarf up this big chunk of land, and so he sent his, his goons out and started a fire and burned one of the cheapest tinderbox sections of Rome, where the apartments were just thick, and lit the place up, it caused tremendous damage. And then he started the rumor that Christians started the fire. And at that point, uh, a, a horrific persecution launched. You already know this, right? Do you remember what, what it taught you the first session, the opening session? Two things. The charges that were leveled against Christians warranting that gave the, the police, their version of police, the license to punish was arson. And then they dropped the, they changed the charges and they put... Christians are enemy of the state, quote unquote, because they threatened the Roman way of life. They threatened the Roman way. And those were the charges. Now, the legal language used here with the idea is this. You've been arrested. And remember, punishment comes first. It doesn't come later, it comes first. Do you think you would cry? Do you think? Do you think? You know, Romans 8.15 says, We have received a spirit of adoption as sons and as daughters so that we cry, Abba. That little verse of scripture isn't designed to give you comfort because you caught a couple of stoplights on the way to work. That's to comfort a Christian who's being persecuted. When the crying starts because of the abuse heavy on the word abuse we get to cry Abba Father and when that cry is given God comes to the aid and this is the language the charges are dropped the charges are dropped can you imagine the charges dropped Aziz Bibi has been in prison in Pakistan I think we're looking at seven years now okay falsely accused of blaspheming Muhammad. <clears throat> falsely. And by the way, you don't have to be guilty, you just have to be accused. That's why you've got to be just accused. And she has been robbed of her uh, husband and her four children under false charges. Do you think that would potentially move you toward the temptation to be bitter? Do you think? Sure. What if, what if a Pakistani judge, a high judge, said, the charges are dropped. We're going to smuggle you out of here by night because if we let you go, they're going to kill you. There's mobs ready to kill you. We're going to smuggle you out. We're going to move you to another country, move your family out. This is the best we can do for you. You better get ready to go. Charges are dropped. Can you imagine what would happen? Okay. I want you to, I want you to use your... Uh, your Holy Spirit imagination, okay? It's the day of the great white throne judgment where all humans, dead, the living or the dead, are brought to the throne of God and they face judgment, all right? The books are opened. There is accountability like you have never imagined what accountability is like. You think it's hard to let your mom and dad know where you're going tonight? (laughs) You think that's hard? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. There's real accountability. And the verdict, the gavel comes down, guilty. And Jesus Christ clears his throat and steps up and says, Dad, I want the charges dropped because of me. Drop the charges. And the gavel comes down and says, Not guilty. That's the idea. Not guilty. He comes to the aid of children who cry. Okay. Now let me stretch you just a little bit. Uh, Let's talk about the power of Satan. These are some scriptures that talk about the effectuality of Satan. And the idea here is that he's got power and he can mess with us and do damage. These are scriptures that indicate Satan is a threat. And we get this idea of Uh, You know, Jesus said, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. The devil comes, takes away the word of God from the heart. Uh, The evil one is someone that we've got to be protected from. Uh, Satan is a schemer. We're not ignorant of his schemes. Uh, Satan is quick to take an opportunity. Again, another reference to the schemes of Satan. Satan. Uh, we, he said, snares. Uh, another reference to it. we've got to escape the snares of Satan. Be be sober. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. First job on that team. We know that we are of God, and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. That sounds scary, doesn't it? Revelation twenty eleven Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are at the four corners of the earth. Is there a pattern? Do you see a pattern here with Satan? What's the pattern? deception. Deception. Who said that, Andrew? Yes, deception. That's that's a real common theme through this. So how do we interpret Hebrews two? 14 that says Jesus came as an assailant in on Satan's territory, beats him with his own weapon and literally robs him of the power of death and renders Satan powerless. Does this sound like somebody's powerless? What, what, what are you doing here? How about this one? These are scriptures that talk about how Satan is powerless. He's ineffectual. I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. The rule of this world will be cast out. The rule of this world has been judged. If God is for us, who is against us? The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. God will provide a way of escape so that you will be able to endure it. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Jesus disarmed the rulers and authorities and he made a public display of them having triumphed over them through him. That through death he might render powerless, him we had the power of death, we mentioned that. Um, Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. That's why Jesus came, to destroy the works of the devil. And whatever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Jesus has the keys of death and Hades. Who's an authority? Is it is it almost like, you know, in Chinese philosophy, there's something called yin and yang. And it's the idea that opposing forces are complementary, okay? Are we Christians sometimes caught up in a baptized version of that? where we have this idea that there's somehow these equal forces of good and evil and Jesus and and, and Satan and the epitome of good and evil, and somehow there were. Is that true? Sure. It's it's crazy. It's nonsense, Terry. There's no way they are co equals. There is absolutely no biblical way that that's possible. Satan doesn't weigh 200 pounds, and Jesus somehow 201 pounds, and gets a lucky punch in at the end. That is not the case whatsoever. So what's going on here? This is heavy stuff, and and it, and it might it might challenge some of you in your thinking. Do some of you believe that uh, if things go well, God is good, and if things go poorly, God is bad? Uh, uh, Satan is bad. If things go wrong, that there's somehow this. War in the heavenlies? If you don't get your wife? And 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 boy, Satan Satan's really messing with me today. Do we feel like we're we're pincushions and Satan's got the voodoo doll and the little needle and he's gonna uh, he's gonna get us? I mean, are we that vulnerable? Or or is it true? That greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Are we the held or are we the holding? Which one is it? Which one is it? The held or the holding. You are the gifted body of Christ. I want to turn this over to you. How would you, how would you respond as the body of Christ to this? What would you say? What would you say? How do you make sense of this? Going back to yin and yang, I think but so many of us do believe at times that there is this great struggle Mm -hmm. going on between good and evil, and we get caught up in it, and it is only through A conscious effort on our part to follow Jesus,
2: to
1: accept Jesus, because He has the power we do not. We are confronted every day. Yes, yes, yes,
0: yes. The the evil of Satan. Yes, yes, Terry. What if, what if the the power of Satan? is really now measured by his ability to deceive. What if that's, what if that's all he's got left? <laughs> then what would that look like for a Christian? What are some ways Christians are deceived? What do you think? What's that? Sure. Yeah, yeah. And that could be something as 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 basic as. She's prettier than me. She's better than me. Uh, or they make more money than me. They're better than me. Whatever the, whatever the case may be. Sure. Sure. And, um, fear to, to being afraid. Yeah. Not trust um, Not trusting the power of God. Yes. To to yes. Yes. Fear is pretty powerful, isn't it? It really is. Someone else. What? How are we deceived? Is right happy. What's that, Lee? I have the right be happy. Yeah. Wow, that's a big one, Philip. I'll say partial truth.
1: If you only know half the story, and you ride with it, with your emotions.
0: Yeah. The rest of yeah. Your life. Is there any biblical backup for that, Philip? Yep. <laughs> how did Satan use scripture in the life of Jesus during the temptation experience what did he do uh,
1: uh, he, fall from the he used,
0: he used he half truth yeah he would misquote a scripture which is truth misquote it manipulate it, manipulate it and then trying to lead Jesus into compromise through deception
1: he used it quite
0: yes someone that's, else that's why
1: it's so key to memorize yes because Satan it's all about deception, and he hears you when you say Satan's really getting me down today he's like yeah I am watch this watch this and he's going to make himself seem bigger when he's so not yes yes and that's just that's his specialty yes so throwing scripture at him saying no you're really small compared to my God
0: yeah yes thank you Allison Uh, Justin Allison son-in-law emailed me and a, the family a copy of his Ph.D. dissertation thesis. And I've been able to read it. And it's fascinating that it's got Christchurch all over this thing. It's amazing. And the, the core part of this thesis is that spiritual and moral formation, who we are and who we become, is done as a corporate body and not as an individual. That's the Ph.D. thesis right there. Okay. The thing is, is he's backing it up. With you know 200 pages worth of muscle, okay. So here's some things. I mean, you know, I, I can take some of my comments and put them in any direction I want, and 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 please just take these as a means of submitting to the Holy Spirit. There's deception in believing that a sixty thousand dollar a year job for sixty hours of work is better for your family than 40,000 a year, a year with only 40 hours per week. Marriage is terrifying and not worth it. Singleness is terrifying and not worth it. Your body is more important than your soul. Entertainment and social interaction needs are more important than the body of Christ. You know, it's interesting that uh, that because we're in a culture now where it's in vogue to be spiritual, you can be retreating and, and, and trout fishing, and kayaking, and movie going. and and river marketing and pick whatever it is you're doing and miss church for a month, two months and still believe you have a deep and abiding commitment to Jesus Christ. That's deception. Chris, what about
2: the way he has deceived us into believing that the
0: love and grace of God negates God's holy law? There you go. Yes. Which, yes. Means, which means
2: to many that God doesn't take our sin that seriously
0: right and so grace becomes a license you know yeah a license to sin and then you get, you've got the other believer who doesn't they can't get their mind around the love and grace of God and so they think they're forever condemned they can never get over their moral leprosy sure it's deception to believe that you can do Jesus and that you can do spirituality better with, without the church. Or, how about this one? Your virtual sense of self is more important than your moral sense of self. There's so much deception in that. And the idea here is that, you know, if you just post it, it somehow becomes real. <laughs> just because you like, I had a thought and I ascend to the idea and I post it and it's as though I've done it. It's as though I, this is my real core belief. For three seconds, you know I'm I'm taking this one seriously. <laughs> For one whole post, it's good, Daniel.
1: I was just gonna say, kind of feedback on a few comments back. Um, when you had like the list of verses, a lot of it was like resist the devil and he will flee from you. And I think a lot of it goes back to even just the core principles of be slow to anger, be angry, and to have a more calm mindset. Because I mean, if you go back to that, The first red light could change the entire day for you. If you hit the first red light, and you respond with anger. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, this is a horrible day, and it's probably going to compound on you. But if you have a patient, calm understanding of it's just a red light, there are many more ways in my day it can be good today. Yes, then that's, yes. I think a great way to,
0: yeah. to the Yeah. And little things can become big things real fast. Yeah. Absolutely. Can add more yes.
1: We brought up happiness, you know, that is, I don't think we understand the destructive nature of happiness mm-hmm. because it's such a real, it has no boundaries. Yes. What makes you happy might make me miserable. I mean, and,
0: and you don't like Cheetos? <laughs> <laughs> I don't eat them in the closet. <laughs> See, there's the perfect parenting guy. Passing <laughs> so. No, but it's, it's...
1: Uh, and you you know, so many Christians will get their Bible and they're they're looking for the happy, you know, and it's not gonna find a whole lot about the happy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it funny that the Holy Spirit's called Holy Spirit an unhappy spirit? Yeah. Yeah. And when I you know, really get Holy Spirit, you I, get holy.
1: Yeah, and how many times have you heard, well doesn't God want me to be happy when they're talking about a divorce? Doesn't oh God boy, I, I, be, uh, here, right? yeah, No him. not not so much. He doesn't want you to know. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
1: There's one other thing, Chris, that
2: many of us I think we struggle with is the fact that when things go bad
0: prophet just spoke so do you have a high view of Satan and a low view of God or do you have a high view of God and a low view of Satan or do you have a medial view of Satan and a medial view of God George Costanza the theologians say I am an atheist until something bad happens (laughs) and if the Holy Spirit calls you to come up on stage with me and sing please do that (laughs) somebody's got to get some relief okay <laughs> oh man. It's good to remind ourselves of things that are simple and basic and beautiful. And I'm gonna pray, Abba Father, you are so kind and you are so good. Thank you that Jesus is a merciful <laughs> and he is a faithful high priest. And when we cry. You're a good father. Sing with me. Jesus loves me. This final.
1: Oh, I lay all my burdens down at your feet, and
2: anytime.
0: together as family oh come let us, let us sing, sing for joy to the Lord let's
1: let's stop stop. Joy. The sea is his, for it was he who made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us
0: worship and bow down, and let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. The Lord reigns, let, let the peoples tremble, he is enthroned above, above the cherubim. cherubim. Let the earth shake. The Lord is great in Zion, and He is exalted above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is He. The strength of the king was justice. You have established equity, you have, you executed, have executed justice and righteousness in David. Jacob. Exalt the Lord your God and worship at His footstool. He is
1: He. My Jesus, I say, Lord, there's none like
0: you. All
1: of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your
0: faithful and your name is holy and you have a heart full of mercy and you are faithful we take the bread we take the cup in honor of you confessing we are absolutely and radically dependent on you for there is nothing good in our flesh but you are good and in you we have righteousness thank you for cleansing Thank you for restoring us. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. When you're ready, go ahead. Amen. Okay, the men, uh, you're going to lead. All right, we're going to lead the first verse. And ladies, when the men get to the chorus for the first time, you start on the first verse. Okay, and we're going to work through this in the round. Okay, Let's see in the round. All right. Go the church, church camp going. all over again. All straight, it's be
2: good. And you have to stand.
0: Come on, come on. Men, you're the manly leaders and lovers of God. To be. Here we go. You are my, my strength, strength when I
1: am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up I'd be a fool. You are my all.
0: to rise upon them your very face to look in favor upon your people and bless please please protect your people and bless them thank you for unfailing love and thank you for the mercy and the faithfulness that you give us we love you and we pray and bless in the name of your son Jesus amen before you leave, pray together. Pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Good news, God's answering prayer. Lindsay is doing so much better. Lindsay Rogal is so grateful. Uh, Randa Hallett's mom has, uh, is facing one of the great challenges of life. She's got about four weeks to live, okay? And it's time to go home. And pray for Randa and Chris as they work through that. Uh, All of you, share your story. Pray together before you slip out. I love you. It has been wonderful to worship with you today. Thank you so much.